So welcome back, everybody. It's time for another episode of Living Hope, a weekly journey designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer. Showing the real-life stories of those really affected by this deadly disease and how they really deal with it on a daily basis. With a woman who's well-versed in that subject here <laughs> for a while now here. Thank goodness. Our living hope herself, Roberta Lewin. Hey, Roberta. Oh, thank you. That was very sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think you are for many of you. You certainly were for our guest last week. She just kept gushing. I want to be you. You're my inspiration. You're my hope. That's always nice to hear. Well, today I wanted a chance to chat with you because I know, I think we had a guest that was not feeling well and you said, well, let's rerun something. I said, oh, come on in, let's chat because I've got questions. I, I listened to your show, just fascinated by, uh, moved really by the uh, amazing people you bring in and the journey that they're all going through. And I wonder, could I be that brave? Would I do that? Uh, what would I worry about? What would I wonder about? And the thing I wonder about, this is maybe a crazy question because it's the last thing anybody wants to talk about anymore is COVID. That's done. <laughs> it's gone. We're past it. I don't care if it still comes back. I'm not talking about it. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not, I'm, I've had it with COVID. Did it have an impact and will it continue to have an impact on how people fight diseases like pancreatic cancer? It, and I'll give you a couple, I'll, start, I'll prime the pump. I'll give you a couple examples. <laughs> Certainly for families, who lose loved ones to deadly diseases. It changed funerals for a while there. You couldn't even go to a funeral or only a certain number of people could be there. It certainly restricted access to the patient who was struggling maybe somewhere with disease. You can't visit mom and dad. Maybe you don't want it because their immune system's already compromised and we better stay away. And did that create mental health issues or challenges? Because I can't get out. Nobody can see me. I can't even get to my doctor. And so I'm even more, because of COVID, I'm even more isolated and therefore maybe less able to battle this. What do you think? Am I just imagining all this or did it have an impact on it? And will it continue to have any impact on those struggling with deadly diseases? I think it did have a big impact. It did impact our family personally. My you know, husband, Vic, lost his business partner. Um, not I, not to COVID, but he died during that the COVID time. I didn't know that. Okay. And Sorry so we, yeah, his funeral, I mean, they only allowed a certain amount of people to go. And we could only be at the graveside for a certain length of time. Yeah. And then Vic lost his brother to COVID. And the sad thing about that is I felt he died alone because he was not allowed to have visitors. Yeah. And that was really, really tough to be with him or have the family be with him over Facebook or something. And if there's one theme I've heard you hit over and over again, and your guest hit is, this isn't a struggle to do alone. Uh, there is a community of others. You can join groups like PanCan and go to group, what do we call it, therapy and stuff and, and, and support groups and stuff, I guess I'm trying to say, uh, where they'll, you don't have to go through this alone. Families don't know how to deal with it. Sometimes abandoned people or run away or can't talk about it or can't deal with it. Uh, friends and family cut you off because I can't hear it. I can't deal with it or talk about it. Uh, and I wonder if COVID didn't even make that isolation more. It did because when you went in for treatment, you couldn't take anybody in with you. And mm. for some people, you know, that might be okay. But for a lot of people, they need or they want to have someone with them, their support system with them. So for them to just to be dropped off and not to be able to have that person stay with them during treatment um, was, was very difficult. It 
And it put a lot of extra work on the nurses and the, you know, the medical staff, because a lot of times, you know, when we take somebody with us, you know, they'll go get us if we need water or soda or whatever right. it is we need. They'll go do that. Whereas this put more work on the nurses and, and the aides and different people in the medical For field. For those watching the video, I'm sorry I had to drop out. I ran over my wire and I'm choking myself here. So, <laughs> Well, let's that. not do that because <laughs> yeah. my CPR is out of date. So. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, does anybody ever talk about that? Because that COVID, 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 we're so sorry, sick of COVID stories and COVID's impact and the new normal and everything else. But I do think that's part of what we didn't discuss is how COVID affected those in in trouble, in struggle, in need, um, they were more isolated, more uh, left alone, and it, left alone from their family, from their friends, from their doctors. And and you talk about all the time. One of the things you credit to your long struggle, your successful struggle with your own pancreatic cancer, is attitude. Yeah, it has. I think it has a lot to do with it. I and mean, if you're already going in there, I mean, it's not the most fun thing to be doing. So if you're yeah. already going there depressed or you, like I said, you don't have that support system with you, it can be very difficult because at least if your support person is in there with you, I mean, they can maybe help you keep your mind off what you're doing or, you know, just sitting there holding your hand for yeah. a lot of people that just is something that they really need. And not to be able to have done that was very difficult for a lot of them. Do you think people are seeing their doctor? Uh, I've read reports of people didn't go in to see their doctors often because the doctor's like, one, I'm swamped, and two, I'm afraid too. So unless you really have to come here, maybe you shouldn't come here. A lot of patients didn't want to go in to see their doctor because not knowing, you know, what other patients might be there. They didn't want to yeah. come in contact with others. But in the doctor's office, were swamped. I mean, and there were some things, I guess, positive that came from COVID. I mean, we learned to do a lot of things over Zoom that we never thought we could. Yeah. You know, a lot of doctors, I mean, you call them up on Zoom. Telemedicine and, yeah. and stuff, other things. Exactly. That we made to monitor things just like that. Are there any ways to monitor, there's no way to monitor a cancer remotely. You can monitor your blood pressure, you can monitor your glucose level now today, but you're not going to measure your antibody counts or anything, or at this point, I don't think. No, you still need to be able to go in and have your blood test done and, right. and have that those things done um, you know, pretty, pretty often to keep on, on track and keep in touch with what's happening. So any other ways you think COVID uh, changed the world that in retrospect now we didn't see coming? I think just the fact, I mean, who would have thought, you know, that when you're going into the doctor that you wouldn't be able to have an appointment, that tests wouldn't be able to be done. Um, just on my own situation, my PET scan was very long in coming because I couldn't get in. They weren't doing a lot of them at the time and, you know, just not being able to have it done when it was normally done. So a lot of tests were put off. Um, in my case, it didn't really hurt, but for some people, that's not the case. They really yeah. need to be on top and, and stay with whatever their their program was before. So as we look forward, we seem to the new normal seems to be that we're going to live with this for a while, and people are just going to try and go back to a normal existence. We're not going to wear masks indefinitely. Apparently, we're not going to work remotely indefinitely. Elon Musk famously yesterday we're doing this at the first of June in 2022. He suddenly shocked the world and said to his employees, "Time to come back." <laughs> you know, this uh, remote work stuff was fun, but it's not forever. Uh, and other businesses, he's trying to buy Twitter, and they're like, no, no, it's forever. We're never, you don't ever have to come back. We, we, we like this. Everybody's going to work at home. We're going to have smaller offices. Everybody's going to be on their own. I just wonder about that kind of world. How do we, I guess we can stay connected virtually, but is it the same? Do you get the same support virtually from your doctor, from your friends, from your family over Zoom that you do in person? 
No, I think there's some, some lacking. I mean, yes, we can all work remotely, and, you know, a lot of times I like that, but I also miss the camaraderie that I would have when I would visit with my, my coworkers, and maybe if I had a question or a problem, we could talk it out. Same with other patients. When, you know, I was doing chemo, I was very lucky in that I got to kind of roam around and talk to the other patients and find out how they were feeling and kind of just hopefully give them a little bit of hope and inspiration, but not to be able to do that is something that I, I think it, it does tell a lot at the end. Here's a strange question, but I, I think about it often. In a world where we don't see each other physically, do we lose that human touch? And I by mean it, I mean really touching. How is it important to hug, to touch, to to sit in front of somebody here? Does that impact how we connect and how you give support and how you grieve and all these other things. Can we do all that just virtually? No, I think that takes a lot. I mean, virtual, it, it has some aspects. I think positivity, I mean, we Productivity, did, certainly you get more stuff done. You're not <laughs> driving around every place yeah. here. And we, you know, we were able to, I mean, visit at unusual times or get right. bigger groups together or whatever. But I noticed, you know, we just had our purple stride. And the one thing that just amazed me is to be able to be back in person and to actually yeah. see somebody and talk to somebody and to give them that hug. And it just meant so much to be able to do and that. And what it meant to those people to be in the stadium in this place with a group of other people physically and then to look up and physically see your loved one's face or your face up on the screen. That was a, an, an, an in-person experience that I don't think you could duplicate online. No, because, you know, we did live stream it and we do have, so we have the copy of it and even showing it again, people have mentioned though they're thankful to have that. It, it's, it meant it was something different to actually see it in person right? and to be able to see some of these people, you know, we haven't seen in like two years. So, I mean, we see them on zoom, but it's totally different. It's just a total different experience. I mean, in zoom is great. I'm not taking anything away from it, but I don't think there's anything like, you know, that hug or that in-person touch or that in-person meeting. Did COVID and any other future pandemic, this probably isn't the last pandemic, we're going to apparently there's more of these things lurking out there, maybe not next month, next year, but uh, the assumption is this isn't a once in a lifetime experience. This may happen other, as the world gets smaller, as more of these diseases spread and morph and get transmitted so quickly around the world. Um, I guess what I'm asking is, did it create added fear in your community of survivors in your own life? Was it, oh my God, I got the deadly disease and now there's other things out there. I gotta be even safer. I gotta be even more isolated. I gotta be, does it create a fear? I think so, because you're afraid to go anywhere. You're afraid to do anything. I mean, you're afraid to almost touch anything. And yeah, right. just going to the grocery store, I mean, there were signs out that if you touch the fruit, you needed to keep it because they didn't want you, yeah. you know, touching it and then putting it back for someone else. And I don't know if really COVID can be, you know, you can get it that way, but that's what the supermarkets were telling us and yeah. putting signs out. So yeah, I, it does I, make big changes. I think of my late aunt who died a number of years ago, and she was basically homebound and lived alone and didn't have any family other than me uh, her nephew to take looking in on her and stuff and how that amplified her fears she only saw the world through a television set and if you watch the sensationalist news left right or center it's all about scaring you because that's what keeps you coming back so she became even more frightened every time she saw something. She'd call me up like, it's coming. Oh, my God, there's a riot somewhere, like it's going to happen in her neighborhood now here. <laughs> there's, a, there's a disease coming. Uh, do you think I should do something? Everything, that it magnified the fear when she only saw it through the lens of a TV screen or an Internet. 
It does. And when you're fighting something like cancer, whether it's pancreatic cancer or any cancer, you know, your immune system is lower. So you you always have that risk. I mean, even catching a simple cold can really put somebody right. down and out. So to have the thought of getting COVID was really scary. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I did get COVID early on without even realizing it. That's what I was going to bring out if you want to talk about that. But you were one of the early, <laughs> early uh, catchers of the disease here. And that would have been, I would think, oh my God, that's in your situation, that would be, that'd be frightening. Maybe it, it, it was, but maybe because in the beginning I didn't really realize it was COVID because my symptoms weren't what they were telling you. They were yeah. a little different. So it wasn't until, you know, my doctor looked at my log. I have to send a log in every so often of how I'm feeling. And he called me and said, you know, you have five of the new seven symptoms they just told us about wow. COVID. So, wow. and by that time, you know, I'd already probably exposed my husband because we weren't, you know, quarantining because I didn't know it was COVID. I just figured it was right. something else. And so it was very scary. And, you know, my doctors were like, you know, not wanting me to go anywhere and I have a group of doctors and they were even fighting amongst themselves. Should we should go in public? Should she not? Yeah. One group says really? no because, you know, she's got to be protected. And the other group is saying, well, that she needs to build up the natural immunity. So, yes, she does need to go in public. So it was a fight even amongst themselves of what a patient should be doing. Wow. Okay. So any positive takeaways from this? I know it was a horrible experience, but those we made it through. Not everybody made it through. A million people died here in the yeah. country alone like Vic's brother, but for those of us that made it through this thing, are we smarter, stronger, better? Because I, and I'll give you a weird example of that. I'll start the ball off rolling. We do a show on the station here about electric bikes. And electric bikes have seen a huge surge in the last couple of years because if everybody's at home working and not traveling and not getting out, it created a certain cabin fever they want to get out. And uh, it also, I think, a certain fear of I, I better be strong I better be healthy I better do it so I better exercise more whatever I do I better walk more I better uh, push myself more so both of those reasons all of a sudden people mostly aging baby boomers suddenly embrace what you would think would be kind of a niche expensive product you saw an explosion of electric bike sales uh, during this period of time and and on the show people come on regularly and talk about I think this is what saved my life. I got out. I got active. I got exercising. I got social. I stayed positive. All of those things you need. You talked about walking your dog. That, that, for you, that was your <laughs> way out. So maybe it forced us to be more active and engaged and more aware of our body and our health. Am I making too much out of this or is there something there? No, I think there's something there because I, I talk to a lot of people and I mean some of them like you say got into bikes, the e-bike or regular bike. Some started roller skating. Yeah, they started something, doing yeah. something that they hadn't been doing because I mean, I think at first when you're working from home, you're, oh, great, this is really terrific. Oh, I can yeah. work, yeah, I can work from home. I only have to dress from the waist up and right. not worry, and right? pajamas all day. Yeah, so, you know, so, to, to, and then after a while, then after that wears off, you're like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. So to go out and be able to get on a bike or walk or swim or whatever right. it was, um, I think I saw them go from where there was started some depression coming. But once they started doing something, whether it was, like I said, riding the bike or walking the dog or skating, right. their outlook changed. And, you know, um, they got back to where they were, maybe even a little bit healthier than they were before COVID because they were making such an impression to try to make sure they were getting out and doing something. And we've talked about another show. Maybe that's a future show someday. Part of this is we'll end with talking about where does this show go and what do we think the future holds for this show. I think one of the unexplored areas is this mind-body connection. 
you believe it, I believe it, most people believe it, but I don't know if there's any real science to support it. The <laughs> idea that if you're in the right state of positive mind, you got a better chance of beating a deadly disease than if you're depressed and and frightened. What do you think? I think so. I think you can almost will yourself to live longer, and you can almost will yourself to die I sooner. Certainly, people. She, my mother sort of willed herself to death. You know, she gave up and she wanted to die, and by God, she did. And I've I've talked to a lot of survivors who they you know they were fighting. They got to a certain point where they were just done. They just mm-hmm. knew that it wasn't going to get any better. It wasn't going to get any different. So they decided on their own that it was their time. Nobody was telling them right. to give up, but they decided. And I and I, I really admire somebody who can do that because it, it's a tough it's a tough decision. And I'm to always make. amazed when people make that decision how quickly thereafter many of them seem to die. And, and is it just they give up? Is it and, and so what if you give up? But what is your body? Your body is fighting this thing on its own. What does what does my mind have to do with it? Whether I'm whether I want to fight or I don't want to fight, whether I'm positive or negative, why does my mind affect my body? Yeah, I don't like to use the word giving up because it, it's such a, a fight. I just yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. It's you know, it's everybody has their word. Or it's giving just... in or whatever it is, or, or accepting or whatever, yeah. whatever place you want to put for it. For me, but... I just refer as they're done with the fight for whatever reason, right. um, because it is so difficult, takes so much out of you. And I just truly believe that once your mindset that way, then you know it, you're either going to live long a little bit longer, or you're going to go ahead and just decide my time is now and I I want it to end, and it's going to happen usually very short. I've seen it with other survivors. Yeah. So, Have you ever tried chanting and positive mind imaging? I'm, I see myself fighting this. I see myself beating this. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to chant positive thoughts. I'm going to repeat positive, read positive books or something. Did you go through any of that? I do. And I have people that send me little positive quotes, which I really love. And I even do that on my own. I go look for them when I'm feeling down or just to maybe help encourage myself or somebody else. But whenever I write about my my battle, I actually refer to it as a boxing match. I yeah, love boxing do. for some reason. <laughs> um, I don't know if that says something bad about me since it's a violent sport. <laughs> yeah. But um, I always refer to it You're as such a <laughs> nice person. Why would you like such a brutal thing? Yeah. I don't know. There's something about boxing. I just really <laughs> enjoy <Hit him>. so, <laughs> <laughs> so actually, one of my, my medical team, actually, for my 20th anniversary, and I should have worn it today, I'll wear it next time, gave me a boxing glove. Oh, um, Because that's how I refer to mine. As it's I'm in round 20 now, so um, I always refer it to it as, as a boxing match. But I just feel once, you know, you, you keep up the fight and once you're still mentally and that's what you want to do, I think you'll survive as long as it is that you make up your mind to do it. So yeah. it's, I think the, the positive thoughts help a lot in the down times. I can go back and look through all the ones that have been sent to me and find something. So in there them. is a mind body connection, even though we can't necessarily prove it, you believe it and you've seen it. I believe it. And I believe it with other survivors who have seen it and going through it as well. And we'll be bringing some of them on. They'll share that story. Yeah. But yeah, I believe that the positive mind can get you through a lot. So is it harder to be positive in a world filled with so much negativity, so much anger, so much controversy, war, COVID, uh, inflation? Oh, my goodness, we just seem to be bombarded by bad news and negative news. It is. And, you know, especially these last couple of weeks have been really difficult for just the things that have, yeah, exactly. Just again, trying, trying to figure out, I mean, no, we're not supposed to question God why things happen, but sometimes you do. And. But, you know, and I, I don't know the positivity in that area, but just to find the positivity in like with COVID or in my own situation, I think it's made me a better person. Not that I was a bad person before, but it gave me a different outlook on life. I see things much differently now than I did before my diagnosis. I certainly watch the news less. 
I got yeah. to a point where I couldn't watch it anymore. I was making myself sick. Even my wife said, you're making yourself so angry and so sick about all these things here. And uh, and yet, you know, I, I, I thought, well, God, I can't, you can't stick your head in the sand. you got to see what's going on. And I'm not happy with some of the things going on. And that's on the left, right, and center. Everybody, everybody's got this feeling. And yet, at some point, it's destructive. You, you can't change the world. Maybe you can't change some of these things. So I think that's why people have kind of gotten to the point with COVID. We're just going to move on. I'm not going to focus on it anymore. I'm not going to focus on all these things endlessly, relentlessly, like no. the media wants us to do. Uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of things, you you know, you can't change. But if, even if you can just change one thing for even one person, you know, I mean, there's that starfish story. I don't know if you've ever heard it I've before. Heard it, tell but it again. I love yeah, that Yeah, it's the story where this man or boy is picking up starfishes and trying to throw them back in the ocean. And somebody They're else. They're dying. They've rushed up on the beach. Yeah, right? Thank you. And somebody else walks up. Well, why are you doing that? You can't save them all. And he's like, no, but if I can just save one. I can save this one. Yeah. And if I, that's how I, I kind of feel. Even I know I can't do a lot. I can't change the world. But if I can at least make it easier for one person or one family that's going through this, then that's what I want to do. I tell you, that's what you've done with this show. I don't know if we're reaching millions but the ones we're reaching are we're really reaching i think you've made a difference in more than one life here and not just you but this whole effort of people coming and sharing stories i think it's i i again mind body i can't prove that i can't prove that stories <laughs> help people through the struggle but i believe it's a big part of it and that's why i appreciate this show so much well thank you and i appreciate the opportunity and i, I believe that too because even some of the stories that haven't ended the way we would have liked them to mm -hmm. there was still something positive we could have taken away from yeah, it and i think that's that's important and that way we don't forget those people that we've lost and loved and i think it's important to be real too not to just give a fairy tale sugar-coated version of it we live in a world where we can't even say death we can't even say disease we can't say anything it's all going to be positive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we had somebody on a chariot, a weird uh, connection, but they were talking about, I said, wow, you should do a show and talk about it. And they said, well, but they're not all happy stories. And would anybody listen to it? I said, if they're real, I think people will listen to them. Because I think we're looking for real more than we're looking for just fake, positive affirmations. It's all going to be okay. Well, maybe, but tell me the truth along <laughs> the way here, too. You yeah. said that with your doctors, you know, don't sugarcoat it. Tell me the truth. Yeah, I want to know the truth, but don't beat me up with it either. I don't yes. need to hear it every time because I need to Good keep way that. To put it, yeah, right. but, um, and I, I, I believe that too. It's just something that, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train. Well, that's okay. The train leaves <laughs> chemo, the station some Chemo days. brain. <laughs> I, still, I still blame chemo brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this uh, last thought is where do you see the show going? Periodically, we take a little breath and we go, wow, look at how far we've come. Look at the stories we've accumulated. What do you think? Any any uh, any uh, teas? Any tidbits of where you think <laughs> are coming up next here? Well, I want to say it's an open book, so no, no, nothing is off the table. Uh, I may yeah. change my mind when I hear some of the ideas, but I would like to look more at a little bit of the holistic approach that, you know, dietary, nutrition, that I'm kind of thing, because I think it makes a big that. difference. I, I'm an aging baby boomer. I'm a kind of an old hippie. I'm not sure I trust doctors <laughs> that much anyway, and I think more of my wife's are like that. I think more of us are like that. So we're looking for alternatives. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's mind positive outlook. Maybe it's something I've never looked at. Chinese herbal medicine or, or smoking marijuana or something, other <laughs> things here. But I think more and more we're looking to supplement, not to replace, but to supplement what we're hearing from the doctors here. And more and more we feel like it is my fight, it is my journey, and I'm not going to be passive in this. I'm going to, I'm going to take some responsibility for it. I'm going, to, I'm going to take charge of it. 
I hear, I hear that message a lot from you and others. Yeah, and I agree. And that's something I think we have to look at. I mean, for and just in my own situation is when I added the holistic to the traditional, and I was very lucky to have a doctor willing to do that. Yeah, most are. I, I saw, are. yeah, exactly. I saw big changes. I mean, I haven't had chemo since 2018, and that's when I started in the summer of 2018 of the changes that well, I come made. back and bring your holistic doctor and your witch doctors <laughs> and your voodoos and your chanters or whoever else uh, helps you through these things. Your last guest was talking about a spiritual advisor, and she kind of hesitated. I don't know if anybody wants to hear about that. Okay, I'll listen to anything. You know, tell me. If you got a deadly disease and a very, and people tell you it's, you don't have a big chance of surviving, I think at that point you try just about anything and everything. You do, and I think we want to offer the resources and the stories to people because maybe it's something that they can relate to or something that would help them through it. And if, again, my inspiration is just to help somebody not get to support, through it. Not to endorse. Everybody check out their old stuff. All the disclaimer stuff. We're not trying to say do these things. We're just going to say what do you do when there's so little to do. Yeah, and I think having a show like this, something that's reputable, is something that we can do that. And like you say, put the disclaimer out. We're not telling you to do it or not to do it, but just to give you the options and know what else is out there. Maybe it will help you. Or maybe, it, I don't know, it's just interesting to know, even if you don't do know. anything. Yeah. And you can question and say, I'm not sure I believe that, but but apparently this person does. So why and what and how? Maybe I can learn from her or maybe just reinforce, no, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Well, I hope you bring more of those people out, because, and I know everybody's hesitant to go there, like your last guest uh, about her spiritual <laughs> advice. You've talked about your holistic thing. I don't really know what that means. Is it just herbs and, and vitamins, or is it chanting and mind-body <laughs> Uh, connections or uh, it can be holistic can be anything or it's everything. not so much the I don't I haven't done any chanting but it's you know it is the whole thing it's supplements vitamins uh, changing your diet somewhat um, yoga I mean yoga has been a really big help believe it or not meditation there's just mm-hmm. a lot that goes with holistic so it is very broad because yoga there is a branch of yoga that does believe very deeply in mm-hmm. chanting not just in moving your body and 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 all these different poses you put yourself in, but to put yourself in this frame of mind and they start chanting these phrases. Uh, we had a woman on this uh, electric bike show and she had a, a, not pancreatic cancer, but stage four, I don't know, uterine cancer or something else. And she was a yoga instructor and she credited her daily chanting, uh, you know, remove all obstacles from my way, remove all obstacles from my way. That, that mantra that re- put her in the frame of mind and she thinks actually if you believe that uh, philosophy actually empowered the energy in her body to fight this too. I think so. And I even have, uh, I know one survivor, it cracks me <laughs> up because she does like the Superman pose before chemo. See? And the yeah. first time I saw her do that, I kind of looked at her like, why are you doing that? Yeah. She goes, because I'm a, a superhero and that's what she felt could get her through it. And it's yeah. worked. So right. whatever works for you, I think is what we need to bring out for people to see and, and just learn about, if nothing else. It's hear about it. And, and if nothing else, smile about it. Say, well, okay. Or then laugh. I'll, or laugh. <laughs> and then say, okay, uh, then I guess I'm not so crazy because I've been thinking of this and I feel foolish and I'm not sure I want to try dressing up as Superwoman or Wonder Woman or something, but if, maybe there's some something to that. I, I think it's a, I think it's a battle that has no limits to what you can try and do within reason because you can't overly get yourself excited and fall for every quack crazy thing in the world. I think there's a tendency to do that too. You go on the internet and there's all these crazy cures for everything. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to hear what people are doing, and I appreciate the opportunity and the platform to do the opportunity to do that. It's it's inspirational, it's motivational, it's fascinating, and maybe even it's helpful. 
It is. And even if maybe it's something that gives us a laugh at the end of the day, then <laughs> they say laughter is the best medicine. And I tend to agree with that. I still want to hear more about putting the fun in funerals. I'll never forget that one. That, <laughs> oh, I, I we'll, have to do that. we'll have to do that with a disclaimer. So not everybody wants to hear that. So. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to make funerals fun again. We're going to put pinatas into funerals here in Well, treasures. I'm not sure what about the pinatas, but well, I guess you put little liquor bottles in there. Maybe you <laughs> yeah. can. Chocolates. We'll and we see. could have, uh, you know, treasure hunts or something here. And, uh, <laughs> there I don't you know, go. Whatever. Well, all right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for what you do, and and uh, I just appreciate the opportunity once in a while to ask questions myself here. So. Well, well, thank you for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to uh, conclude our show for today here, folks. We hope you will tune in and join us again as we take a continuing look at those who are on the journey of living hope. weekly show designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer, those you know who have the same struggle, sharing the real-life stories of those really affected by this disease, everyone, and how they all deal with it on a daily basis. If you'd like to share your story, always looking to do so. We had somebody on last week who contacted us out of the blue and said, I'd like to share my story. We hope we hear more of those. Contact us here at the station. Send me an email, paul at octalkradio.net. Reach out to Roberta or to any of the organizations. Let us share your story. If you're willing to share it, we're willing to, we think there's a benefit to doing it for you, for us, and for everybody. And if you need help right now, of course, there is a place, many places to go. One of them we always suggest, patient services right here at uh, PANCAN for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. That number is 877, the number 2, P-A-N-C-A-N. There are people there that will answer your questions and guide you in a direction. And other organizations, Hirschberg and others we've talked to as well. Reach out if you need help. Come and share your stories if you're willing. And if nothing else, tune in and join us every week on this fascinating, hopeful, living hope show. Thanks so much. For all of us here at the OC Talk Radio Network, thanks for listening as we stream live from the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.